0: Broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Tuesday... A uh, little bit of news today, as expected, um, Marcus Mariota agreed to terms on a, a new deal, or actually just a, a restructured deal. Uh, bottom line, he's taken less money uh, to come back to the Raiders. Salary goes from $10.7 million down to $3.5 million. Uh, if you go back to what he made last year, $7.5 million, uh, basically it turns into a two, what, he, what he ultimately signed for was two years, $11 million, with the chance uh, for it to go up, if he gets on the field on any significant basis this year, where ins- incentives start to to kick in, um, you know, for a backup quarterback, uh, two years, eleven million dollars in today's climate is not that bad. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Marcus Mariota go someplace and get an opportunity to start. I don't know why that didn't happen. Um, at some point, uh, maybe his agent will explain whether there were some opportunities for him in a trade, and maybe there was um, uh, you know a need to. Redo the deal a little bit to accommodate it. So, we don't know what the details are of that. Uh, it's unfortunate for Marcus because I think he could go someplace and start. I think he's better uh, than, um, you know, Fitzpatrick. I think he's better than Andy Dalton. I think he's better than Jameis Winston potentially. Could be better than Cam Newton. Um, and those are opportunities for him to go someplace and potentially start uh, and put himself in position to get a bigger payday in 2022. That's not going to happen, at least now. Uh, he's coming back to the Raiders at $3.5 million. If he stays, He's probably maybe the best you know backup quarterback in the NFL or among them, uh, and he's also a pretty darn attractive trade piece down the road. Should a team have a need? To replace their starting quarterback, whether through dissatisfaction or injury. I would not be shocked uh, down the road if somebody comes knocking on the Raiders' door to say, hey, uh, what would it take to get Marcus Mariota over here? But we'll see and see how all that plays out. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line to welcome in our good friend Q Myers. You can follow him at your boy Q254. He's the host of UNR from 3 to 6 p.m. on Fox Sports Central, Texas AM. and uh, 93.9 FM. That's a lot to talk about. A lot of numbers right there. Uh, But I'll tell you who's not making a lot of numbers, uh, Q, is Marcus Mariota. Or his numbers went down (laughs) today uh, by about $7 million, which... You know, I know that this is all fake money to us out here, but that's like real money to a dude. $7.5 million. Your thoughts initially, first of all, thanks for coming in and spending some time with us in the huddle, but your thoughts on uh, on Marcus taking the pay cut to come back to the Raiders?
1: Well, you know, I think he did a couple of services, a couple of good services for himself and for, for the Raiders. And why I say himself is everything you rolled out about potential trade partners, I think that contract now is very tradable, like you mentioned. And so I think that Teams like Washington, even teams like New England, other teams out there that could be looking at a quarterback situation right now are probably calling up Mike Mayock and saying, hey, you know what? Now that that deal is what it is now, it's a lot more reasonable. It's a lot better, a lot easier for us to trade for it. Yeah, what will it take to get Marcus Mariota to be a Washington football team member? You know, I I can see that. And then on top of that, I think that he still has a good – spot in, in Las Vegas if he does remain the backup, and, and, and look, you can never anticipate when the backup's going to get into the game. Nobody knew that he was going to come into Week 15 with uh, against the Chargers last year, but he did, and he did really well, and I think that the Raiders made a mistake by not playing him a little bit more throughout the course of the season, you know, as just... You know, a weapon, you know, just kind of show him what he could do. I thought they had a chance to showcase him a little bit more. Maybe if he does stick around, he is showcased. Maybe he's put into the game plan a little bit just to get off the bench and, and do some things and, like I said, be a weapon for the offense. So I think it's kind of a win-win situation. But I'm with you. I wouldn't be shocked by it at the end of, you know, training camp. Uh, we're not talking about Marcus Mariota, the backup quarterback. We're talking about Marcus Mariota, the starting quarterback, in another team because that contract is very, very tradable.
0: I'm with you on everything you just said, Q, but two things. number First, I, I think there was a plan to get him on the field, but I think injuries yeah. – you know, uh, took over early on and and that train just left the, uh, the, the the station and it's hard to go catch back up to it um, when it's, when it's hurling down, down the railroad tracks, but, but I'm with you. I think that now uh, that he's healthy and uh, you know, talking to some people yesterday and today he's healthy and ready to go. And the Raiders are pretty pumped up about that um, for that specific reason, to be able to really utilize him this year. Uh, Secondarily, you know, you mentioned the trade. We mentioned the trade, and that's obviously now on the table because at three point five million dollars, why wouldn't you if you're a team that needs a quarterback? Here's my question, Q. Uh, I don't have clarity on this, but I, there's there's enough speculation on it that I that you know uh, it, it seems like it went down this way, where I think there were opportunities. You know, a, yeah. two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you know, and 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 if you were Marcus Mariota, if you were his agent and that opportunity came up three weeks ago where a team was interested in potentially trading for you, but this is the stipulation, we need you to come in on a lower number or at least knock down those, um, you know, those uh, potential incentives that would have taken that contract, you know, way up even further. If, if that's, if it went down that way where they, there was a reluctance to do that, where do you stand on that? To me, I think it's, it's short-sighted on the agent's part if it went down that way.
1: Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I mean, and it feels like it, it could have gone down like that because we heard his name and a lot of speculation with multiple teams, uh, like you said, about three weeks ago, maybe even four weeks ago. And so I thought for sure he was going to be on the first thing smoking out of out of las vegas and head to a new team and then it just never happened and the contract was the reason why everyone stated that he didn't get traded and you know maybe the agent kind of fluffed it up maybe he messed it up to the point where you know it didn't go down the way and 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 then again maybe the agent said no i'm not gonna take a pay cut because starting quarterbacks in the league make about 20 something million dollars again you know so maybe that was the situation i'm not exactly sure like you said exactly how it played out it just kind of feels like someone along the line messed things up. But, again, I think that the Raiders benefit the most from this because, like you said, now that he's healthy, he, he really could be an asset to the team moving forward. And I would have actually no problem him sticking around straight up and just being the, the backup for this year and, and knowing that at any time he could go in there and, and at least keep the, the train on the track and you feel pretty confident. I didn't know what to expect from him in week 15 when he when he went in against the Chargers. I thought, well, I guess we'll see. We'll see what he's got in him. and he did fairly well. There was a couple you know, bad throws, but he showed hustle. He was able to run. He was able to keep the Raiders in the game and really should have won the game. So I felt pretty confident in him after that game, and I think that moving forward, he really would be a nice asset for the team to have, and I think that, like you said, now that he's healthy, if they can use him and showcase him a little bit, he'll definitely be... Sought after uh, on the open market next year, or maybe the Raiders decide to keep him around for a little bit. I mean, who knows? That's all in the cards and later down the road. But I think there's a lot of different angles and a lot of different ways this team could go now that he's agreed to this uh, this new contract.
0: Yeah, and that performance against the Chargers that was like coming in cold off the bench. That's yeah. hard to do. Um And yeah. and and he lo- there were plays there were electric plays you know it was one of those it was it was in an empty stadium but had there been fans in that stadium there were some plays that would have that that would have the crowd would have been going nuts on so yeah i'm with you i think that uh you know i'd like to see what he might be capable of doing in the red zone uh they had yeah. uh, difficulties on those short yardage situations in that side of the field you got to feel like a guy with uh that could beat you with legs and arms like marcus can there there has to be some kind of situational role uh that he could take advantage uh in that side of the field or part of the field and you know heck even in short yardage situations at the 50. He's he's shown that he could right. take it the distance, you know, um, you know, even in those kind of situations. So, uh w- we'll see. Um all right, Q and we're talking to Q Myers, our our good friend uh here at Raider Nation Radio. Um Q obviously, uh actions speak, you know, volumes. The Raiders did a lot of work on the defensive line. We knew that they were going to coming into this offseason that was a huge priority. Uh but it was an abnormally active free agency for them so far and I'm not even going to say that it's closed yet along the defensive line. Yannick Ngagwe obviously yeah. uh, brings a lot to the table but then they just signed a slew of guys that bring all sorts of different skill sets and pedigrees and um, you know uh, production, upside, it's like a whole slew of different possibilities what do you make of what they've done so far along the defensive line?
1: I, I like what they've done along the defensive line uh, and is the guy I've been pounding the table for since he was a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars, before they ever traded him to Minnesota, I was saying that that's a guy that you need to go get and go get eight to nine or ten sacks. And I, I even heard you ask him straight up, like, hey, your name has been flirting with the Raiders for quite a while now. Finally, it comes to fruition. Yep. I think he's excited to be there, be back with Good Gunn- Bradley. I think that that's going to be a good little uh, situation, and it's only a two-year deal. You know, he's still a young dude. And that's the other thing. That's the other point that I, that really stood out to me. All these guys are, are still young, and they're all one-year deals, maybe a two-year deal like in the case of Ngakwe, and that's perfect. Make these guys go out there and prove their worth, show that they're hungry, and go out there and be a difference maker. Help turn that defensive line around. And the one thing we know about Gus Bradley, and I know you've said it multiple times on your show, you talked to me about it, he doesn't blitz a whole lot. He wants to get home with the front four. So how do you have guys getting home in the, in the fourth quarter with the front four? You have fresh guys. So I like the fact that there's a nice rotation. I think San Francisco showed us a couple seasons ago when they went to the Super Bowl and they eventually lost to the Chiefs. You can never have enough dudes along that defensive line getting after the quarterback, even if it's a few snaps here, a few snaps there, just to let a guy like a Max Crosby get a breath. Let a guy like a Jonathan Hankins take a deep breath, you know, and just catch his wind and get his legs underneath him. Uh, David Irving, I think that that's a – Honestly, I think he's a wild card. I don't know what to expect from him. I just know what he can do when he's locked in and he's on. He could be a monster. But he's got to be locked in and he's got to be on. He's not always that guy. I heard the interview he did with JT on this very radio station. He sounds the part. Now he's got to go play the part. I think that he's a big wild card. I think Solomon Thomas needs to prove, is ready to prove, that he's not uh, you know, a bust. At number three overall, I think he's going to be good for Cleve Farrell because he knows exactly the pressures of being the number three overall pick as Cleve was the number four overall pick. So I think he can help kind of mentor him, and I think Cleve's coming along anyway. So I think you got a lot of guys that are going to go out there and compete uh, and, and really try to get after it and get that starting role, but then you're going to have guys that are come off fresh off the bench, and I think that that's going to help where you don't really have a whole lot of talent drop-off Uh, you know, when a a guy goes out. So I think Gus Bradley has a lot to play with. Rob Marinelli has a lot to play with. They just got to, you know, put the pieces in the right place
0: we're talking to Q Myers, our good friend. You can follow him at your boy Q uh, 254. All right, Q, I know you always got the coach's hat on. Um I want to I'm glad you mentioned Solomon Thomas. Uh, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh you know, so the Raiders sign all these guys part of your job. You got to you know, look at the tape, uh find yeah. f- scour the internet, go to uh, Game Pass, whatever the case might be, uh and 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 take a look. All right, I'm looking at Solomon Thomas, you know, from college, even with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And I'm like What in the – this dude is an athlete. This dude has skill. I mean, it jumps out at you on the tape. Now, I don't know – why it hasn't translated uh, you know, in, in a more consistent basis. I'm going to ask you to put your coach's hat on and tell me why. But dude jumps out, out on the screen. I'm sorry, but he does. It's like, whoa, yeah. this guy can play football right here and wreak yeah. some havoc. Why hasn't it translated for Solomon Thomas yet in a big way in the NFL? And is there still a way to unlock that?
1: Well, the good thing is, He's only been in the league four years, and I say only, but he's only been in the league four years, and so he's got an opportunity to prove that he is that guy. And I think that, and I hate to say this, but I think tearing his ACL last year with San Francisco made him take a step back and look around and study a lot of film and watch a lot of games. Like he said that he watched a lot of Raider games in 2020. I think he really kind of got an idea in the sense of, hey, I need to be playing at my Stanford level. I think him playing the three technique with the Raiders is going to be really good. I think that San Francisco may have done him a disservice by playing him all over the defensive line and not keeping him in one position where he was comfortable with. You know, this is something I say all the time is, you know, find a guy that does something really well and let him do that. You know, don't tell him that you want him to go do something else if he doesn't uh, excel at that position. I think Thomas playing the three technique is going to help out. I think he knows that, hey, it's a one-year deal. I've got to prove my worth. i got to show that I belong in this league, and I wasn't just a guy that excelled in college. You know what I mean? And, and look, some guys do. And, and again, I saw Cleve Earl play up and close and personal uh, at Jerry's World against uh, against Notre Dame in, in, a, in a championship game a couple seasons ago. Few don't years remind years ago. me of that. No, my bad. My bad. I was oh, there. Oh, man. I no, I'll, I'll, I'm
0: playing with you. I'm playing with you. But, yeah, he was a monster in that game, boy. He I'll was tell you a what.
1: Monster. And sometimes it just doesn't, you know, translate to the league immediately. And I think that Clee has been getting better, better, and better. And I think Solomon has that chance. But you're right. Everything he did at Stanford just just blows you away and you see it on screen and you're like, whoa, this dude's amazing." And you see why they picked him at number 3 overall. It just, just hasn't translated and he doesn't have sacks. He doesn't have those big numbers that you would expect from a guy who picked number 3 or number 4 overall. And so I think that he has an opportunity. He likes Rod Marinelli. You know, he, he he's got uh, Gus Bradley. He knows Gus Bradley. I think I think he's falling into a good situation where the expectations aren't super high because he so far hasn't been the dude that he was expected to be when he was drafted, but he has the opportunity to really open up some eyes. It's a good situation for Solomon.
0: Another, I think, intriguing pickup, and I don't know how much you know uh, about him. I had to I had to uh, trace back in the memory bank because the dude hasn't played in two years. But Darius Phylon, um, the yep. former Charger, uh, who, when you yep. look at some of those numbers, are like, okay, all right, Um you know, there's production there. There's talent there. There's a reason why the Cardinals signed him to a two-year, $10 million deal, you know, going into 2019. Uh, your thoughts on, on, on Phylon uh, in terms of just being able to get him back on the field and maybe get something out of him? Yeah,
1: that's going to be the biggest question for me when it comes to Phylon because he can play. I mean, he's shown that he can play. Uh, the Cardinals obviously liked him. The Chargers liked him for a while. I mean, he has skill. He has skill. Uh, I just wanna know how, how healthy he's gonna be, how in shape he's gonna be. And I know he's got plenty of time before training camp, but he hasn't played in a while and there's difference being in shape as far as me and you walking around the streets every day and a guy ready to play a football game and dominate for sixteen weeks out of the year, you know, and so we'll see. I think he's a guy that's gonna provide some good depth. He'll be able to come in as a situational pass rusher and, and help provide something. He's got edge to him, that's for sure, you know, and, and I'm not even talking about things off the field. I'm just talking about him in general. He's an edgy type guy, he's got a on his shoulder. I like guys like that because they got things approved. You know, they're not nice guys. Uh, you know, he's a guy I like to call a car thief. You know, and so we'll see. We'll see what he can provide to the table. I think him and, and going back to uh, David Irving, those are two guys that because they haven't done it consistently every single year, you don't know. But you know that if they're on, they could be on. Those two guys could be Really good players for the team if their mind is right, if their body is right, and if they're focused and ready to rock and roll. And Darius being out of the league since 2019, he's got a lot to prove. So that that could be a guy that I think uh, helps the Raiders. But he's got to make the team. He's got to you know get it done through camp. He's got to impress Marinelli. Got to impress Bradley. And you know at the very end of the day, Vinny, this is great competition for training camp, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to get a free pass. Um, you know, no. first Rod Marinelli doesn't operate like that anyway. But I think there were some free passes. Out of necessity that were given out last year, that ain't going to happen again this year. And and I think David Irving is the perfect example in terms of you can't just walk off the street back into a football into an NFL building and and get out on the field just like that. It takes a while, Um, I think. But that, but you know, and and it didn't obviously Irving couldn't get on the field last year when he when he came aboard, um, you know, toward the end of that season last year. But there's plenty of time now for both of them to get into the building, to get into the program, uh, to get into the offseason program and training camp so that by when if they earn jobs, uh, you know, there 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 could be some upside there for for both of those players. All right, real quick, gonna go to the offensive side of the ball. Uh Kenyon Drake, obviously that raised a little eyebrows, but again, I go watch the tape. I'm like, holy cow. I can yeah. see this guy fitting in with the Raiders. There's no question about it. I mean, you put John Gruden in charge of drawing up some uh, some plays for him. He can help. And then John Brown, uh, the wide receiver that's replacing uh, essentially replacing Nelson Aguilar. How do you see both of those players uh, now fitting into this offense?
1: Well, I got a I love-hate relationship. I love Kenyon Drake. Love the Kenyon Drake signing. I think that's great. I'm a guy who loves Alabama football anyway, so I've been watching him for a long, long time. Like him a lot. I think he can play that that joker role that Limbo Jr. was supposed to play and it didn't shake out, and I think he'll do a better job than that Uh, anyway. You know, I think he can get 1,000 yards if he needs to. I think he can catch the rock. Uh, He's not the best receiver, but I think he can catch the rock when necessary. Uh, Him and and Jacobs can even be on the field at the same time here and there. Uh, I think you have 1A and 1B when it comes to the running back position. So, really, no drop-off, which is what I've been pounding the table for for a long time. I want a guy that's just as good as Jacobs when he's in the game, and I think that's Kenyon Drake. John Brown, love his speed. I know that the Raiders want to stretch the field, similar to what they did with Nelly last year, but I just I'm not 100% sold on him. I do love the price that they paid for him. I think that that's very reasonable and give him a shot. He's 30 years old, so he's not, you know, he's not super old or anything. He still is a burner. You know, and and maybe he'll end up surprising me like Nelly did and really being a good player. My only real issue with him is he's very light and he's very small, and he gets banged up quite a bit, and so he might not be available as often as you'd like him to be. But if he can be right, man, and I know he has like three or four games a season where he's usually really, really good. If he can do that and produce similar to what Nelly did, then great. I'm just i not 100% sold on John Brown at this point.
0: And the one thing that – the one red flag, if you want to call it that, uh, when I watched John on on tape – I mean, there's hardly any yards after catch. It's just, I, you, right. and you expect it, you're like, okay, here you go. He's going to break. No, he got tackled again. No, right. no yeah. you know, so that's Nelson Aguilar last year. I think he showed a lot of people when the ball was in his hands, he was able to make something happen. And yeah. um, in a dynamic way, a couple of times, I didn't see, I don't see that from John Brown. I see yardage. I see production. I see, um, you know, his, his hands need a little work. So did Nelson Aguilar's, but That's one area where I think that, um, you know, it it could rear its ugly head at at, at some point. Just that lack of uh, yards after catch. But you know, uh, hopefully Henry Ruggs is up to the challenge. Hopefully Brian Edwards is up to the challenge. And that negates um, whatever he doesn't bring along those lines. Uh, Q Myers, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Love the insight, as always. Uh, You know you're always welcome here uh, in the huddle anytime you want to jump on board. Really appreciate your time, brother. Uh, Take care of yourself, and uh, we will talk to you down the line, my man.
1: Hey, absolutely. Hey, Vinny, man, when when you're there at the Henderson facility again, man, you let your boy know if I got to get on a plane, if I got to get on a bird and get out there so I can do the show with you maybe and hang out at the facility, man, you let me know. I'm in. <laughs>
0: we're we're going to make that happen. I'm just I'm just throwing it out uh into the universe and uh we're going to we're going to make sure that I am ha- literally here right now. So uh, you're going to love it and uh, we will we will make it happen, my man.
1: Appreciate
0: you, Vinny. Have a great show. You too. That's uh, Q Myers, our good friend, Q Myers. Uh, you can follow him at your boy, Q254. Always bring in the heat and the insight, and we love it. You're in the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila in Bajador. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. My thanks again uh, to our good friend, Q Myers, always bringing it. I love talking to that dude. Uh, Also, Jesse Merrick uh, from Channel 3 here in Las Vegas. Uh, Appreciate uh, both of my uh, buddies coming on and spending some time with us in the huddle. Uh, And you are in the huddle, and it is a Tuesday, and we are a week or so uh, into free agency. A lot of work uh, was done by the Raiders over the last seven or so days. Um, Really, a lot of heavy emphasis on the defensive line. I lost track how many guys uh, they signed. But I'll tell you this, uh, there ain't going to be no freebies uh, this year along uh, the defensive line. And the word that I got um, from this very building that I'm working in right now, uh, and it doesn't take, again, Vince Lombardi, Bill Walsh, uh, Bill Parcells, any of the greats of this game, uh you know to uh to have to explain what i'm about ready to say um in terms of the defensive line last year short of uh, uh you know a couple of guys but collectively it was unacceptable uh, last year uh what the raiders defensive line did last year uh especially as it relates um, to wreaking havoc, especially as it relates to getting sacks, especially as it relates to making life difficult on opposing quarterbacks, especially as it relates to coming up with the all-important game-changing turnovers. But you go look back at the Raiders' history, uh, and and when their defenses have been, um, you know, really good, uh, they had defensive linemen that changed outcomes of games, changed dynamics of games, tilted the field uh, in the Raiders uh, direction by you know, wreaking havoc and causing turnovers and sacking quarterbacks and, you know, whether it's the strip sack fumble or, you know, making a guy throw off balance and, you know, into the hands of a linebacker or a cornerback or a safety uh, for a key turnover. The Raiders have always historically, when they're good, been getting after it uh, in terms of getting after the quarterback. And that hasn't happened. Uh, These Obviously, these last few years, and they're on a quest to make sure uh, that that doesn't happen again and I'll throw in too, um you know run coverage uh, along the defensive line uh too many times last year uh where you know the Raiders collectively as a unit uh couldn't stop the run in critical uh moments. Uh, I thought there were some philosophical um, oddities in how the Raiders were defending the run. Uh, In the previous regime, there were some technical technique issues um, where defensive ends were angling in. How many times did we see that? Uh, Where they would angle in, dart in basically, uh, on inside moves off of the edge and allowing running backs to get to the to get around the edge free and easy. That wasn't a def, that 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 wasn't defensive ends just deciding this is what we're going to do. They were literally coached up to do that. I don't know why. Um, I, I I just don't know why. Uh, but we'll see if that was, and it, it seemed anyway, uh, when when Rod Marinelli took over as defensive coordinator, that seemed to uh, change a little bit. Uh, there were some adjustments to that. So we'll see if that was just a Paul Gunther thing. Nothing against Paul Gunther. He had his idea of how he wanted to run things and uh, how he wanted to utilize players and how he wanted to set the edge. Uh, but it, and I know, you know, my partner Lincoln Kennedy uh, brought this up all the time, like he just didn't like it and it didn't it wasn't effective in fact it was detrimental uh, so we'll see now that the Raiders over this last week or so have thrown a lot of not necessarily money but attention uh on the defensive line to create depth to create competition to create uh, you know a level of production still some upside youth experience um and essentially and I wrote this, a lot of guys are on notice right now um, that you better pack your lunch uh, when it's time to go to work because nothing is being given away uh, this year. Not any roll, not snaps, not anything. You're going to earn your way onto the field here with Las Vegas Raiders just looking at what they've done at defensive line and the competition that they've created. Uh, it's it's basically a signal and a, not warning, but just a, a heads up, yo, You want to play? You want to get on the field this year? You better bring it, Uh, and it starts in practice, and it starts every day. As Yannick Ngagwe said last week when we talked to him, it's every minute that you're at the facility, whether it's in the meeting room, in the weight room, doing conditioning on the field, wherever, film study, wherever you are when you're in this building, you better be where those feet of yours are. And you better be engaged, and you better be in tune, and you better be involved uh, every single minute, because that's how the good ones do it. That's how the great ones do it. And if you don't want to do that, there's not going to be many snaps to go around. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, That is out the door from last year to this year, just strictly by the numbers that they've brought in. Uh, And it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, because I know Rod Marinelli Uh, It burns in him how that defensive line played because that's his group. Those are his – that's his responsibility. And it may have been more of a part of a talent. Uh, And B, how his boss Paul Gunther, the defensive coordinator, wanted to utilize some of those defensive linemen. Uh, But I can assure you that Rod Marinelli was pissed off at what happened last year. Pissed off. That's how he rolls. And ain't gonna happen. It's not gonna be for lack of effort. It's not gonna be for you know guys just getting free passes because there's nobody better behind them. You're gonna have to earn your keep along the defensive line this year for the Raiders, and it all starts up front. Uh, when it comes to Gus Bradley and his defense. So we'll see if competition brings out the best in what really is a remade defensive line. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listening line. Mitch wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Mitch? Good,
1: Vincent. How's everything with you?
0: We're good, man. Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. it's, uh, it's been like night and day. Oh, we we got a tremendous line. I love it with the rotation. A lot of talent there. I like the Drake move. We kept uh, Marcus, and one more thing. Now the uh, defense lines all taken up. I think even with we're good wide receivers. I love to see him get uh, Monterey Saint Brown. I know I brought it up second round. I think that would be the logical thing. Go defense first round, back seven, and uh, Brown uh, wide receiver because you never know who gets hurt. It's no, you know, not, can't hit him as, as hard as you know, hard. You know, you have ease in the wide receivers, but they they get hurt
0: sometimes, and um, that'd be nice to have be deep, deep at wide receiver. thanks for taking my call. Yeah, uh, I appreciate it, brother. Uh, thanks for hanging on and thanks for hanging in there. Um, not sure about the wide receiver that early in the draft. Um, to me, you could kind of flip a coin right now, just the way things are shaping up and where the roster is right now as we sit here on March 23rd, uh, 2021. And oh, by the way, and I've been trying to remind people this, uh, the Raiders don't play a game on Sunday. Uh, the schedule hasn't even come out yet. So, uh, they, I, I, I know, and I get this all the time, and I totally understand it, so I'm not, um, you know, chiding anybody whatsoever, uh, you know, um, but every single day, what are they going to do at DB? What about a safety? What about a cornerback? What's Richard Sherman up to, do about? you know, all of that, and I get it, and I understand it, everyone wants this team and this roster set like ASAP, uh, but it doesn't work that way, and there's there's players that, uh, are out there that the Raiders have their eye on at a number of different positions specifically uh free safety and 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 defensive back they know they got to get better uh, at that in that area they got to fill holes um you can't go into a season where Jeff Heath is going to be the starter um at that position nothing against Jeff Heath I actually think that he was one of the more effective um safeties last year for for the Raiders but I think he's a guy that um, is really valuable, uh, you know, coming off the bench in a reserve role. Uh, when you, if you have to run them out there, you know, play in and play out, you know, um, that's probably not the ideal situation. They're going to have to get the free safety spot uh, solidified. And the good news is there are some possibilities still in free agency, but there's also some possibilities, uh, you know, in 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 the draft. And so, um, you know, uh, I think because of that, I think when you look at that draft especially um you know uh as it relates to the raiders and as it relates to that first and second round and uh just to give you some numbers the raiders are picking first um and f- or they're they're picking 17th with their overall with their first pick uh, and then number uh 48 with the second round uh in the second round so you're in a good position if you're the raiders um to to, to get one of the uh, to get starting caliber players In both of those rounds, with the both of those pick at positions uh, of of need, so um, uh, keep an eye on. But keep an eye on offensive line. I've been, I keep reiterating this. Uh, There's just, it's just such a deep draft. Now that could mean, as a result, you know, the Raiders might wait till that 48th pick to go get their uh, to go get their tackle. Uh, there's some good, you know, draft possibilities, um, you know, even into the second round. But there's going to be some really good ones uh, at at the um, at at the at the uh, with that 17th pick. So do you go offensive line with 17 and and get your day one starter at right tackle, um, and then? Or do you go safety with the 17th pick? Uh, but I think it's going to be one or the other. I think that it's going to be tackle or safety with the 17th pick, uh, and then vice versa uh, in that in that second round. But um, there's some really good prospects at, uh, um, at at both positions, and I'm actually right now as we speak uh, coming up with uh, some safeties um, that I saw. Um, you know. Uh, when I was in uh, Alabama at the uh, Scouting Combine, or not the Scouting Combine, wish I was at the Scouting Combine, there wasn't any Scouting Combine uh, this year, but um, uh, as far as, oh, when I was in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl, there were some pretty good, Richie Grant from uh, from University of Central Florida really jumped uh, out at me um, at that position, and he's, you know, projected. If you look at the projections, he's he's projected to go someplace in that second round. Uh, so I would keep an eye on um, on him. And so and there's some others. So I, I'm I'm wondering if maybe that free safety. Uh, does happen in that in that second round, um, and I'm trying to uh, come up with there we go, uh, with with some safety prospects here just to throw some names uh, out at you. Um, and I know that the TCU kid uh, Trevin Morig, um, uh, uh, is he going to be in the second round? It's it's tough to say. Uh, he's projected to go somewhere in the first or second round, somewhere toward the end of that first round, uh, into the second round. Six foot two, two hundred eight TCU, um, you know, and and plays exactly what uh, Gus Bradley wants uh, in in a free safety. So uh, he's somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, Javon Holland uh, from Oregon, 6'1", 200, uh, runs a 4'8", four, four, uh, 40. Um, he's somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, Richie Grant, who I already uh, uh, mentioned, uh, six foot 194. Um, you know, he's a guy that can play multiple positions, uh, really look fluid and good in pass coverage. They line about at that cornerback at times, uh, at the senior ball, so uh, so, he, and he and he was more than holding his own, and that's what you need at free safety. You need somebody that's going to be able to uh, to, to cover. Uh, you're essentially going to, you know, when you when you bring in a guy that can do that uh, and be an asset as a as a pass uh, defender in coverage, um, you know, and, and being able to utilize Jonathan Abrams in in different ways, playing him closer to the line of scrimmage where he isn't as as exposed. Uh, um, as a as a pass defender, having to cover you know big portions of the field, uh, you put him closer to the line of scrimmage where he can defend smaller uh, 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 swaths of the field. Allow your free safety to be that guy that um, you know that uh, that takes care of the backside. Uh, Andre Cisco, by the way, uh, uh, safety from Syracuse, uh, six foot two oh three. Uh, that's a name to remember. Um, so there's there's definitely um, Josh Bled- Joshua Bledsoe from Missouri, uh, is a free safety. Uh, not, not all these guys are going to be um, you know uh, first or second round picks. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of safeties that are in the first round, to be honest with you. I think most of them fall into that second round, second, third, fourth round. But there's some good quality. There's some good depth. Um, that might not be, you know, that Derwin James kind of a standout stud player that's just going to be a game wrecker. Uh, but there's, you know, at that at the top of the, um, you know, free safety or safety population right now, when you look at uh, the kid from TCU, when you look at the kid from Oregon, when you look at the kid from uh, University of Central Florida, there's some talent there uh, without question. And I think more than anything, that's where – I just have a feeling that that's where they go in that second round. I don't know if they're going to, you know, uh, uh, pull the trigger at free safety in the first round because I think that there's just – there's, you know, with those tackles – uh, that were um, uh, that that they're looking at, um, or the the tackle depth that's that's there. We're gonna go through some uh, some tackle names as well. Um, you know uh, the kid from Oregon. For you could forget about that, but after that, Jalen Mayfield from Michigan, uh, Evan Neal from from Alabama. Uh, you know there's there's a lot of talented talented players um, at tackle, and I think that we've seen in the last few years we've seen historically um hey you can get a guy uh at that point heck the raiders proved it just a just a couple years ago um by drafting colton miller and plugging him in at left tackle were there some growing pains yeah there were some growing pains especially at left tackle uh but there's there's prospects in this draft um that you can absolutely without question project as a, uh, a day one starter with that pick in, at, at number 17. And you wouldn't have to bat an eye. You put, put that guy uh, at right tackle and uh, he's going to hold down the fort and you're going to be good and have a good player uh, under control for about five years. And keep in mind, they got to pay Colton Miller big money here pretty soon. So be able to even that out and have a young player uh, you know, on the other side. Uh, that you have under control is a very big, important deal. You're in the huddle with Vinny Banchier, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show, text Vinny at 69187, or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle, with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor, on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday uh, going back over um the uh, uh the draft and the tackle possibilities, um, you know, for, for the Raiders now, and um, it, it really is a deep uh, uh draft. There's no way they're gonna get Sewell from Oregon, he's just premier, and he's probably gonna go, uh, if anybody's smart, top five, top six. So, uh, it's hard to get access to him. Uh, the guy that I really like um, as a second, you know, as, uh, behind Sewell, though, is Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Uh, you know, we've talked about Christian Bart uh, uh, Darsaw from uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, you've got, you know, Tevon Jenkins from Oklahoma State. Um, Dylan uh, Radduns from North, Ta- North Dakota State. Uh, Walker Little from Stanford. I'm throwing out a bunch of names to you. Samuel uh, Cosme from Texas. Uh, these are names to be aware of: uh, Jackson Carmen from Clemson, uh, Alexander Leatherwood from Alabama, uh, Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame. Right. So these are those are I just named ten guys. All right, ten players. Uh, one of those guys is going to be there at seventeen without a doubt. And I think everyone that I just mentioned has the opportunity uh, to come in and start from day w- at day one. Right uh, at right tackle uh, for the Raiders. Uh, here's the thing. Um, I wonder, you know, Rashawn Slater uh, from Northwestern. Got to check to see where he's projected to go. Um, but you know, now that the Raiders picked up some extra draft picks, um, you know, with the uh, with the with the um, trades that they made, you wonder if moving up in the draft. To go get a player like a Rashawn Slater, who probably won't be there at uh, you know at number seventeen. Obviously, uh, you do your homework. You try to kind of figure out where these guys are going to slide, where these guys are going to fall before you make any kind of a decision on whether to jump up and get somebody. But it seems it almost seems like Slater uh, is a guy that um, you know mm, doubtful that he's going to be there at at twenty at at pick uh, number two seventeen or um, pick number seventeen. But he's really good, and I think he's an impact kind of a player. And I'm, uh, you know, uh, probably not enough time to talk about it today. But wondering, um, you know, Raider Nation for tomorrow if we want to talk about that. Is that a guy? Would you be willing to trade up to go get a guy like that? Um, and go watch the tape. Obviously, you know, he he set out last year. Um, you know, uh, didn't play in 2020, but was really, really good uh, in, in 2019. It's a guy who played right tackle uh, the first few years of his career at Northwestern. Uh, played left tackle, 355 snaps uh, at left tackle in 2019. Um, did not give up, or excuse me, gave up only five quarterback pressures in 355 uh, pass snaps, uh, pass blocking snaps at left tackle in 2019. And go watch the tape. Um of him lined up against Chase Young. You remember Chase Young, right? Yeah, uh, Washington Football Club uh, stud, um, impact player. Go watch Rashawn Slater working against uh, Chase Young um, when they matched up uh, Northwestern against Ohio State and tell me that you wouldn't be like, wow, uh, he'd look good in silver and black. So, But I don't think he's going to be there at pick number 17. Doesn't look likely. But if you're the Raiders, if you're Raider Nation, is that somebody that you'd be interested in potentially trading up for? Now that you've picked up a couple of extra picks with the trade of uh, Gabe Jackson and with the trade uh, of, of Rodney Hudson, uh, you know it just it just it's you know something to think about uh, a lot of, now. The tackle um, you know market being as good as it is in free or excuse me in the, in the draft. Maybe you trade back and pick up an extra pick uh, if you still believe that you're going to be able to get um, you know a Tevon young or Tevon Jenkins sorry uh, from Oklahoma State or a Liam, Liam Eichenberg uh, from from um, Notre Dame uh, or Dylan uh, Raduns from North Dakota State who looked really good at the Senior Bowl by the way uh, or Walker little uh, from from Stanford there's a lot there's so many good tackles that you wonder okay Do you trade up to go get a premier guy uh, like the kid from Northwestern? Or do you trade back a few spots, pick up an extra pick somewhere along the line? Uh, Because you know uh, that even into the 20s, there's going to be some really good value in terms of a day one starter uh, at right tackle. So just throwing that out there, I think the Raiders are going to have a lot of options um, when it comes to uh, uh, where to go in the draft, whether they go up or whether they go down, and still be able to secure a player that's going to help immediately, uh, they' really, I, I named ten tackles right, ten tackles that are first or second round uh, got first or second round draft picks depending on what team you're looking at, depending on whose board you're you're working on, but every guy that I just mentioned has a chance literally to start day one uh, in the NFL. And here in uh, Las Vegas, uh, one good thing too, it's not the pressure of starting at left tackle. Colton Miller's got left tackle locked down. Whoever you draft, whether it's a left tackle in college or a guy that played right tackle, most likely it's gonna be somebody that in college played uh, left tackle. You're talking about a guy now that can just slide over to a much, you know, not easier, there's no easy snaps in the NFL. Uh, but uh, but you know just a little bit less pressure at right tackle obviously than, than left tackle because you're not protecting uh, the backside of the quarterback um, at, at at left tackle so um, you know some some something to think about and uh, you know if you could if you can trade up to go get uh, 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 the kid from Northwestern or trade back and still be in position to get a Liam Eichenberg um, or uh, or a Tavon Jenkins from Oklahoma State that's the thing like. Jenkins could be there man uh he could be there uh, a little bit further down in the draft beyond number 17 so uh if you feel good uh, about making a move back and picking up th- another third round pick let's say um then you know uh it's not it's not it's something to think about and you'll you'll still be in good position if you're the Raiders to go get one of the top free safeties at number 48 or maybe it's in the second round maybe you stay put at 17 or trade back if you're still going to if you still feel like you're going to get a tackle of your choice uh by trading down now and you pick up a pick to maybe move up in the second round to go get richie grant um or or the free safety from from tcu if you could if you can manage the draft in a way that gets you a start and i think this is where the raiders are that's why i don't think that they've you know uh acted really um uh, you know, uh, with, with with any sense of desperation at tackle or uh, safety, is that I think that they have an eye on some guys, uh, at, you know, in 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 the draft that are going to be able to come in and and lock those positions down day one as rookies. Uh, so there you go. Maybe maybe you know uh, you stay put at seventeen or trade back, uh, still get your guy uh, as at, at right tackle and then move up from forty eight in the third in the second round to a little bit higher to go get your safety. Would that not be a win-win? Uh, if you're a Raider fan, if you're the Raiders and you can come out of, uh, next April's draft, uh, with the right tackle starter and a free safety starter and guys you're not just plugging guys in, you're, you're getting really potentially really good players, uh, with the names that we just mentioned. So it's some food to thought, you know, some food for thought, something to think about. Um, there's a long time to go. Uh, there's, Another me- a month or so uh, before that draft, so it's going to be really interesting. I want to say thank you to uh, Q Myers uh, and Jesse Merrick, our guests. I want to say thank you to Demond Cotton, our great producer who holds down the fort like no other want to say thank you to all the callers. Uh, thanks for bringing the energy as usual. And, of course, thanks to all the listeners. You're why we do this. Um, and uh, we're glad to do that. And, obviously, I want to say thanks to Embajador Tequila uh, for being uh, the great sponsor uh, that they are. Lots of good things to come from uh, Embajador Tequila. Can't wait to share it with you. We'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. Vinnie New Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador.